Hello, welcome to Exploring the Divine Feminine. I'm your host, Ramona Sidaway, and this is episode number four. We discuss all things related to the feminine divine, mostly within the context of the restored Church of Jesus Christ. So let's dive in. Today, we're going to talk about how Eve, and by extension, her daughters, is a mother, was called the mother of all living. We find that very interesting because she was called that by Adam. She was recognized as that because he didn't name her. He recognized her true name, her her true calling, and that is the mother of all living. I found this quote by Martin Luther, and I thought it was really enlightening. He said, when Eve was brought unto Adam, he became filled with the Holy Spirit and gave her the most sanctified, the most glorious of appellations. He called her Eva, that is to say, the mother of all. He did not style her wife, but simply mother, mother of all living creatures. In this consists the glory and the most precious ornament of woman. Close quote. And I absolutely love that quote by Martin Luther. Now, if you notice both in the Genesis account and and with Martin Luther, that she was called the mother of all living. Now, it doesn't mean just mankind and not just people in the earth. And she was called this before she ever had a single child. But she gave life to all living things because of her choice. um, And then consequently giving the fruit to Adam she initiated that change that affected not only her and Adam, but the entire earth and all living things on it and in it. So everything associated with the earth. So they fell from the presence of God along with the first humans. So all living things were now able to create life, whereas before they merely existed in suspended animation. Um, Valerie Hudson said that it is through women that souls journey to mortality and gain their agency. And in general, it is through the nurturing of women that the light of Christ is awakened within each soul. Now, just contemplate that for a moment, how you as a woman or a woman in your life, how that you have that amazing sacred privilege, that sacred responsibility, and that gift of nurturing, of awakening the light of Christ from the time that child is, I believe, even from conception, um, when you are nurturing within your womb and is taking on all of your energy and your, um, it is combined with your spirit And you will be in, you are in charge with awakening the light of Christ within those souls that come into your home, whether it be through adoption or through birth or through whatever means that a person is put in your path for a season, you will, you have that opportunity to awaken Christ in them if it has not yet been awakened. Now, one one of the theories, I guess you would call it, or one of the ideas that I love is 
that there is there was a stewardship over the two trees in the Garden of Eden. Now, the stewardship of the first tree, which we call the tree of good and evil or the tree of knowledge, um, Elohim could have easily called this the, the tree of mortality because when they partook of this tree, they did so to enter into mortality with a, a mortal body to enter into full agency. In this idea, Eve has stewardship over that first tree. And we could easily have called this tree the tree of lives. And I hope you'll excuse me because that is my kitty meowing. She wants to get into my office. And so we'll just pretend that she is a listener that's really excited about what I'm talking about. So if you're picking up the meowing, that's what's happening right now. But if we talk about the tree of knowledge, the tree of good and evil, um, we can call it uh, the first tree, uh, the tree of lives, because that was one of the consequences that it provided to Adam and Eve when they partook, right? Because once they did, they now became mortal and they possessed the power and ability to create new lives, and when we think of Eve also being the mother of all living, we talked about with her choice that everything living on the earth was, is, was now capable of, of producing lives, of a continuation of lives. But Adam also symbolically, he, she gave him life as well because he, she gave him um fruit for him to eat and partake of and she was technically the first mortal on the earth she was the first one to partake and then she gave it to adam and he partook and so in a sense and poetically and symbolically and maybe even literally adam himself was born of eve and i think that is incredibly symbolic when it comes to how um, husbands and wives and uh, men and women, how men suddenly um, become awake after meeting a woman that he decides that he can spend the rest of his life with, that he can bring on as a partner. And she will bring new life to him in ways that he didn't realize he needed probably in a lot of sense. And one of those things is to bring a family to him. She is now able to create life with this man. And they can have a new life together by bringing children into that family. So if we look back into Adam and Eve, now Eve's ability to conceive a child was not even possible until she partook of that fruit. So I believe that she really had that desire. I think it's in general, a woman has um, an innate desire to create, to bring children into the world, to have, have babies, to be mothers. Like I said, this is a generalization. I know that there are some who have no desire for whatever reasons. But um, so for her, it's logical to place her as a steward over that 
tree. Because Adam, as the man, did not have a right to withhold Eve's ability to conceive a child any more than he had the right to demand that she did. Her natural desires were to have children. And this is um, this is a God-given desire. This is uh, a beautiful thing that women have the opportunity to participate in. So now we need to remember, I um, we've talked about this before, that there are some people who feel that uh, all of mankind would be living in, in paradise right now. But that is just not possible. That uh, we have to remember that the garden was timeless. They were not aging. That's what eternal life means, is you don't age and your body does not become corrupt in the sense of decaying and wearing down. So without that progression of time, death cannot occur, nor can birth occur. There's no old age. There's no fetal development. There's no growth and no maturity of baby to adulthood. All of these things are dependent on the forward movement of time, of hours, days, months, and years. So um, those two extreme opposites of mortality, birth, and death, they could not exist in the Garden of Eden as it was at that time before they partook of the tree. And had we had to be in a fallen state, a temporary state, we're hoping will be temporary from our Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. It's temporary if we stay on this covenant path and we, if we are obedient. Now, let's quickly talk about the stewardship of the second tree. Um, so if, if the hypothesis is that Eve had stewardship over the first tree of good and evil, of knowledge, of the tree of souls. We could call it the tree of lives. While Adam um, or men are given stewardship over the priesthood or of the second tree, which is called the tree of life. And men, men um, Adam and men, have stewardship over the priesthood, meaning ordained into the priesthood, and hence the covenants and ordinances that are necessary to enter back into God's presence. And this is symbolized by the tree of life. So priesthood ordinances are a necessary step in our progression because this is what allows us to return to Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. The first tree allowed us entrance into mortality we have left that presence left the garden of eden that first temple we are mortality we're progressing we're working learning how to be obedient and follow the example of jesus christ and we enter into covenants and ordinances that are provided by the priesthood that men are ordained to they provide us with that symbolic second tree of life for us to return back into their presence as much different people than what we started off with. So we need, when we look at the, um, the stewardship of these trees and of, of the purpose of men and women, we have to look at the whole picture that includes both men and women. The two trees, two stewardships, and both are necessary for God's plan to work. So we need to remember this sacred 
power, that sacred role of women, in the divine power of women, we see that the divine feminine is a sacred and godly power that is inherent in a righteous woman and not contingent upon priesthood ordination. So our sacred divine feminine role is not contingent upon priesthood organization, but it's a it is necessary to have that complementary role with the man for both of us to progress past what we can do alone and single. So um, for some reason, humans often downplay the incredible sacred and life-giving power of that women have that includes creating mortal bodies. Um, sometimes we seem to have limited vision or in ingratitude of how we all got here, not only physically, but spiritually. And it's usually the women in our lives that have, have awakened that light of Christ that begins this entire journey towards the covenants, the ordinances, and that back to that tree of life that promises our entrance back to where we began. So when Eve saw that the fruit was good, we see a sacred echo of God's acknowledgement during the creation periods when he saw that it was good. Meaning when he ever was finished with the creation period, he saw, he declared it good. So we see that echo between Eve and the fruit and God and creation. So we see how the divine role of women in creating, which is amazing. So a woman has a sacred stewardship in many roles in her lifetime as a mother as a teacher, as a spouse, as a leader, all within the ability to create life in its many forms, its varied forms. And the being a mother of babies, of small children, that is a narrow window. It's temporary. I mean, she's a mother to adult children, but that um, daily, day in and day out and minute after minute of of working with them that fades and they become as we want them to be in most cases they become independent and they still ha have that tether to their mother but they are now um often parents themselves and we just recreate this amusing uh, amazing beautiful roles so in closing i wanted to read this quote um, by Spencer W. Kimball. He said, my dear sisters, may I suggest to you something that has not been said before, or at least in quite this way. Much of the major growth that is coming to the church in the last days will come because many of the good women of the world, in whom there is often such an inner sense of spirituality, will be drawn to the church in large numbers. This will happen to the to the degree that the women of the church reflect righteousness and articulateness in their lives, and to the de degree that the women of the church are seen as distinct and different in happy ways from the women of the world. Thus, it will be that female exemplars of the church that will be a significant force in both the numerical and the spiritual growth of the church in the last days. Close quote. We need to remember that the women, that Eve was the crowning achievement that, of God's creation. So women are the crowning achievement of 
of God's creation, the masterpiece of God's creations. We were created, Eve was created last, not because she's the least, but because she's the masterpiece. She's the, she's the exclamation mark on the entire plan, the entire program. So this distinction is not a result of a woman's marriage or having having given birth, but simply because she is. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please hit the subscribe button below. A new podcast will come every Friday morning, 10 a.m. sharp. Sisters and brothers, it's our time. We are finally emerging from the wilderness to a better understanding of our divine purpose, mission, and destiny. Thank you for joining me. Until next time.